Hey, welcome back to Up in the Roost. I'm Tyler here with Thomas. Thomas, we're getting to record in December. That means it's bowl season and we're still talking about Jacksonville State. Yeah, so after a lot of wait about Jacksonville State's bowl hopes as far as if teams will lose, if certain things will happen and fall Jacksonville State's way, it's official. They're going bowling. And we learned it pretty quickly after a couple of games. But the team was very excited. I mean, this is the first time that Jacksonville State's making it to a bowl at the FBS level in its first FBS season. This was Rich Rod's goal at the beginning of the season. He said, I hope that we can not only finish with a winning record, but that we can also get to a bowl. And I mean, to be honest, I was a little like, well, does he know that there's... They can't make a bowl, but I didn't know about the whole situation. So congrats to the Gamecocks and Rich Rod. I mean, Tyler, what along with everything that comes with going to a bowl, like the game, but what else comes with a milestone like this in Jacksonville State's first year? Well, let's just put this in perspective. It's a big deal to make a bowl game in your first year at the FBS level, but Jacksonville State is the first team to do this since Marshall did in 1997. Now, some of that is because typically teams aren't eligible for the first year, like you alluded to. To Thomas, you know, you kind of have to not only win six games, but then you have to hope that other teams struggle and there's not enough teams to fill up the bowl spots. So that's some of it. But just winning six games was a big milestone that Jacksonville State blew through like with three or four weeks left in the season. There's a tendency, at least for me, to feel like this is old news just because the way the sport was trending, we thought Jacksonville State would get a bowl spot for a while. The Gamecocks have been eligible for a while, but I do think it's important just to remember. This is a big deal, not just for Jacksonville State, but on a history of the sport level, this is a milestone worth remembering. And what you mentioned as well with it being so historic. To put it into perspective, I mean, Jacksonville State finished with an 8-4 and record heading into the New Orleans Bowl. They're behind fellow conference newcomers in New Mexico State and Liberty, finishing 2-1 and one respectively. According to these game notes for Jacksonville State's trip to the New Orleans Bowl, they're one of just five teams since 1970 to win at least eight games in its first season with an FBS schedule. That's a big deal. We've seen what James Madison and the attention that they've gotten, and we've also seen the attention that Jacksonville State's gotten with this. People seem to be rooting for this stuff to happen to Jacksonville State and James Madison, not just because they're wanting chaos to happen or they're wanting crazy things to happen. I mean, this is historic. This is like the first time that this has happened in a long time for Jacksonville State to get all these primetime television spots that James Madison might not have had for all of them to get this media attention because of the bowl, for the hunt for a bowl and the chase for James Madison, Jacksonville State. It was just a lot for Jacksonville State as far as getting to this spot, winning all these games. And it was, I mean, it was just a really good journey to follow for the program. We've asked Rich Rod a couple times now what a bowl game means. And for Rich Rod, this is mainly a reward for the whole team, but especially the senior class. A senior class that basically had to give up probably a year of the playoffs at the FCS level last year. Perhaps the biggest thing the team and the program will get out of this is just exposure. Like Thomas talked about, Rich Rod today mentioned that he's had less people call him and ask him how the weather is at the beach since the season started. The more Jacksonville State's been on TV, the more they've won games. People have gone, oh wait, not Jacksonville, Florida, Jacksonville, Alabama. You know, he thinks the exposure is helping, and I think that a bowl game exposure can only continue to help. The bowl season is kind of unique among college football fans. You don't have to worry about watching your team either later that day or at the same time. There's going to be all of these games at all of these weird hours for like three weeks, and college football fans are going to watch, I don't know, one out of every three bowls, half of the bowl games, maybe more. So, you know, you'll turn on the TV and you'll watch two teams play that you've never thought about 
that much in the regular season. So I do think this is a good time for Jacksonville State to capture an audience that maybe hasn't been watching or maybe only watched during those midweek games. So I do think this is important, and obviously it couldn't come at a better time. You have recruiting ramping up right now. Some guys are trying to make last-minute decisions. I don't know if this bowl game is going to move people in this class, but for juniors right now, I think it's definitely impactful. And then I also think this is a good opportunity for maybe guys that do want to transfer. They might be looking and watching and, you know, maybe they see Rich Rod on TV and they see graphics that talk about how he's the, I believe, the eighth all-time winning, or not all-time, but eighth active coach in terms of wins. I could see that having an impact on a guy who maybe is like, I have no interest in Jacksonville State going, wait, maybe I should take a second look. I wouldn't be shocked if we have guys in the transfer portal that maybe do pay attention to some of these bowl games. So, I think that's probably the biggest impact we're going to see out of this game. Rich Rod isn't big on, you know, the extra practices. They're not going to make my team better for next year. He's not big on selling that story. He's not big on saying, oh, this young guy that didn't get to play this year is suddenly going to be a starter next year because of bowl practice. So some some coaches are going to sell that story in December. Uh, we've given Rich Rod the chance to say that a couple times, and he laughs. He's he's not big on a bowl is going to change what your looks like like next year it's really just a reward for the players and uh, maybe a chance to improve how you recruit so speaking of recruiting and the transfer portal we've seen a couple of guys from jacksonville state hit the transfer portal already before the bowl game and one of those guys pretty important guy for not just jacksonville state's team but jacksonville State history alan karajic hit the transfer portal it was a little bit of a surprise he was very close from breaking the jacksonville state's records um he was pretty close to 500 career points. This is a guy that, you know, he had a couple of big moments, especially the main one that I can think of is against Western Kentucky when he hit that game winner. But this is a guy who's been pretty consistent across his Jacksonville State career. It's pretty surprising to see him hit the transfer portal. I mean, I'd taken the Sharpie out and written his name atop uh, this, the all-time scoring list for the school, the all-time field goal list for the school. Like, he was right there. This isn't just a great kicker leaving. This is the school's all-time best kicker arguably leaving it, it is surprising I mean to me the only question I had two weeks ago is will Karadzic between the New Mexico State game that hadn't been played yet at that time and the bowl game that we thought was likely will he break these records this year or will he break these records in September of 2024 so Jacksonville State's going to have to, you know, move on without him. He won't be in the bowl game. Rich Rod, when asked about it, just said he has a rule that, you know, if you go in the transfer portal, you don't play in the bowl game. So Garrison Ripa will be the name to watch for Jacksonville State kicking off in the bowl game. We haven't really seen him much this year. He's come in and did some kickoffs, looked fine on those against La Tech, but not a guy we've seen come in and kick field goals. Thomas, we've seen him kick some in practice. To my memory, he's always been fine. I can't think of a kick he made that blew me away or a kick he missed that I was like, oh, good thing that guy's not playing. We, we, I, I don't know. I didn't expect to need to evaluate the backup kicker for this season, so it hasn't been the thing I've been most locked in by. We haven't paid too much attention to him on the field, but I mean, that's a pretty awesome last name. Ripa, he's right up there with, uh, as far as best names on the on the team, I put him up there with J-Rock, maybe a little bit better. Sorry, J-Rock, but Ripa's just a cool last name. But, I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, I don't know why I was watching the kickers one day, but I mean, 
he seemed fine. <laughs> There's not much to evaluate when it comes to a kicker as far as if he makes it or misses it or if his kickoffs land in the end zone. But, I mean, Rich Rod likes him, so that's a good thing to know. This is actually a really busy week for Rich Rod, not just because he's got guys leaving the team to go in the transfer portal and not just because of the bowl announcement, but Rich Rod also has to find time to evaluate all the guys at the other schools that put their name in the transfer portal. In fact, we're recording this on Monday, December 4th. Rich Rod said today alone they're going to have three staff meetings just to go through list of names of guys that are in the portal. He said they'll make notes during these meetings you know, mention guys that they've maybe coached against either this year in recent years that, you know, stood out on film, maybe make notes next to guys they've recruited previously that they have relationships with that, you know, they didn't sign with before that might be interested in, you know, coming by and visiting Jack State. Speaking of visits, Richard told us they had seven or eight guys in over the last weekend. They have 14 more coming in this weekend, and they had several visits lined up for next week that obviously will need to be rescheduled because Jacksonville State won't be in Jacksonville. They'll be in New Orleans for the bowl game. So it's just a busy time for Jacksonville State's coaching staff, but for our perspective and for the fans' perspective, this is a fun time, not just because of the bowl game, but we should have news pretty soon over some new faces that will be joining the team. We'll have guys that announce on social media they're interested or they've got offers from Jacksonville State recently. Thomas, I think you've sort of been tracking a lot of this stuff on social media recently. What have you noticed so far? One of the trends that I'm really noticing is that there's a few ULM guys. I mean, I think I've seen four or five of them that have gotten offers from Jacksonville State. Whether it's because they're just good players or they're familiar with the staff, I don't know, but it's probably the latter. There's guys like Obviously, the three guys that they've brought over in Quay Drake, Malik Jackson, and Perry Carter have worked out for the team pretty well. The hope is that they'll look at those three guys and say, oh, that could be me. I mean, for defensive guys, I've seen a few, and the they know what Zach Alley's about. I feel like that's a big draw as well. And it doesn't seem like Ridge Rod's going anywhere as of right now. I think that that's another green light for transfers as well, especially coming from ULM. But, I mean, there's been other targets, especially from players in Conference USA. I think there's been a couple of Middle Tennessee guys as well. But, I mean, I know Rich Rod's gotten a couple of really good guys from junior colleges as well. Specifically, Enwar Lewis, one of those guys that's really made an impact. He said that he's really not too picky. So he'll take from high school, Power 5, JUCO. There's some schools who have kind of rules on that. They say, we only want to take portal guys. We don't want to take freshmen at this position. But, I mean, Rich Rod seems like he's just all in about getting the just the best players that he can. So I wouldn't be surprised to see guys come from just about all over the country to play. One thing that's interesting about the the ULM guys is, you know, we we've asked Malik, we asked Quay. I can't remember if I've asked Perry this question, but I know you have. We've asked them why they chose Jack State. And all three of them were very specific about their relationships with Zach Alley and Rich Rod. They're just knowing some of the coaches was huge in their recruitment and was maybe the biggest reason that they decided to come here and play for Jack State. And all three of those guys, I feel confident in saying all three of those guys were huge hits for the Gamecocks. Thomas, I, I feel like Jack State loses at least two games without those three guys, right? Yeah, I, I would agree with you for sure. I mean, like you mentioned, I mean, seeing those guys perform well on the field, it gives attraction to the other ULM guys who might get offers and say, you know, why not Jack State, especially when we know those guys? Yeah, and it kind of makes sense when you hear it out loud, but 
you know, when guys leave, when guys transfer, their old teammates, for the most part, still follow those guys. If you follow some of Jacksonville State's players, you'll see them, they'll retweet old teammates who say, oh, I'm going in the portal or got all conference honors. Like, you can go down the list, you can see some of Jack State's players who ha- didn't start here that, ha- you know, came from other places. They still retweet their teammates. They're still involved in their lives and rooting for those guys. So why can't that work both ways? Why can't the guys that are at ULM right now have seen Malik Jackson have a great year. I've seen Perry Carter have a great year. I've seen Quay Drake have a great year. And then see those guys get to go to a bowl game, the first in school history. So maybe now they're at least aware of the season Jack State had. So if they're unhappy or for whatever reason they are looking for a new start, it makes sense that they would go, wait, I know Jack State had a good year. I know my old teammates had a lot of fun this year. Let me call them and ask How did they like Jack State? So I don't know. I I do think this could be a little bit of a pipeline, at least for maybe another year. So yeah, I I would be interested to see if any of those guys do end up coming. I think that was a really good observation. So a big part of this transition, if they're going to make a bowl or not, and being able to be confident in where they're going as well, was this college football playoff ranking, specifically with Liberty and SMU, as to whether SMU would get the jump over Liberty. And we saw Liberty, a Conference USA opponent, make an NY6 Bowl. This would also mean that Liberty is in the 12-team playoff, which is starting next year. So, I mean, Tyler, you seem very interested and very excited about this. Just what do you see for the future of Jacksonville State, not because of Liberty being able to get to this position? One of the great things about the playoff expanding, maybe one of the only good things in my opinion, going to 12 teams, is in its current format, it's going to open up so many opportunities for teams outside of the power conferences to prove that they belong at the top level of the sport and to compete for a championship. I think it is worth noting that, you know, obviously it's not the case this year. Liberty isn't in the playoff because there's only four teams. If Liberty did this a year from now, or if any team in conference just said, you know, ran the table a year from now, they're right there, maybe they're just outside the playoff, or if they can prove that they're the top group of five team and be the highest ranked there in the playoff. Could you imagine a world where years down the road, Jacksonville State runs the table and is the 12th seed in the college football playoff and has a chance to prove that they're not just the best of Conference USA, but one of the best teams in the country? Yeah, and I think it's worth noting as well, part of the discussion was Liberty's strength of schedule and Conference USA adding Kennesaw State's going to change some things for Jacksonville State. But I mean, on their schedule right now, they have Coastal Carolina, Louisville, Eastern Michigan, and Southern Mississippi. That's not an easy schedule as far as non-conference play. So I'm not saying Jacksonville State's going to run the table like Liberty did by any means. There's a lot of questions about that. But I mean, if that did happen, what's really stopping Jacksonville State from getting into the college football playoff at this point with this precedent, like you mentioned? Thomas and I are saying, you know, go ahead and book tickets to the playoff game next year, two years from now. I just, I do think it's worth noting. I think it's good for the conference. I think it's good for Jack State the Liberty got that New Year's Six bid. I mean, hey, we don't have the exact numbers yet, but the payout Jacksonville State is going to receive is going to be substantially larger with Liberty in one of the New Year's Six Bowls. The conferences are going to pull all that money and split it up among teams, and that money is significantly different when Liberty in the New Year's Six Bowl is to compare to uh, whatever other bowl game Liberty might have been. Some people had Birmingham pegged as a likely spot you know, before they ended up being that highest-rated group of five team. And from a competitive standpoint, if Conference USA can prove itself through the bowl season and 
and just how these teams look at the beginning of next year and when conference play starts up next year. If Conference USA can prove that it's there with some of the other conferences, especially with so many Jack State moved up, Kennesaw State will be moving up, same Houston, I think there's doubt on a national level that Conference USA belongs on the same field with these other group of five conferences. I think if Conference USA can prove that it should be considered that 13-0 in Conference USA is as good as 13-0 in some of these other group of five conferences, then yeah, there's no reason that Conference USA can't contend for that playoff spot. And if it's there and it's going to go to one of these group of five teams, the conference definitely wants to get a team in. But like, if the conference is going to put a team in, Jacksonville State has a chance. Because I think we saw this year, Jacksonville State was right there with Liberty for what, two quarters, two and a half quarters? And Jacksonville State was there with New Mexico State for the whole time. So I don't know. I I definitely see a world where Jacksonville State can win the conference in the next two or three years. And if Jacksonville State can win the conference, I don't know why you wouldn't dream bigger. So that's going to do it for this episode of Up in the Roost. Thank you guys for tuning in. We're actually planning to record an episode in New Orleans right from the side of the bowl game. So be on the lookout for that and be on the lookout for any coverage from the New Orleans Bowl on the Anderson Stars website. Thank you guys again for tuning in. We'll see you again next time.